You're listening to the On the Go with VAO News podcast for the week ending October 2nd, 2015. Hello and welcome back to our weekly recap of the top headlines from this week's daily acquisition news. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Bill Olfer, VAO content developer and senior news writer. And I'm Bill's colleague, content developer and fellow news writer, Dara Curran. So a lot has changed in a week. Mm -hmm. Uh, When last we left our podcast, we were uh, thinking about there might be a government shutdown. The House and Senate seem to be at an impasse as far as what to do about Planned Parenthood in government funding for the next fiscal year. But uh, Speaker Boehner has resigned. There is a continuing resolution in place at the last minute, the last possible second, uh, it seemed like, on September 30th. uh, That will fund agencies until December 11th. So we're not quite out of the woods yet. But we do have at least a 10-week reprieve where we can chug along on our last year appropriations. So that was good news, sort of. We would rather obviously have full-year appropriations, but at least we averted a shutdown this time around. So that was good. I was driving on Friday when um, they announced when Boehner made his announcement. I almost fell out of my car seat. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Tooling down the road there. Could he have called? Could he have given us a heads up? Oh, my gosh, I know. And and it was so funny, too. They were like, oh, the Pope made him do it. (laughs) (laughs) We we released the podcast, you know, Friday morning, so we have to have it recorded and ready to go. He could have given us a heads up. We could have have talked about this last week, but nope. Well, prescient, prescient insight as to what was coming down. All right. Well, with all this tech of shutdowns during this week, Office of Personnel Management updated its guidance on shutdown furloughs to clarify how federal agencies should handle requests for time off from employees still on the job. OPM notes the guidance does not apply to agency functions that have alternate funding sources and are therefore not directly affected by a lapse in appropriations. OPM made 15 updates to the guidance, including provisions related to employees acting as union officials, requirements for written notices of furloughs, unemployment claims, and employees who qualify for unpaid leave under the Family and Medical Leave Act. On Monday, the House passed the Grants Oversight and New Efficiency, or GONE, Act, a bipartisan bill that would require federal agencies to report to Congress on their expired grant accounts and the reason these accounts have not been closed out. The GONE Act now goes to the Senate, where a companion bill has been introduced for further consideration. Last week, the Air Force announced that the Boeing Company successfully conducted the maiden flight of a KC-46A Pegasus aerial refueling tanker. The prototype tanker completed its first flight in the full KC-46A configuration and now will be prepped for test flights for the next program milestone. Boeing is scheduled to deliver the first batch of 18 aircraft and all necessary support equipment by August of 2017. The Air Force also is planning to make an announcement about its long-range strike bomber program, which the service has been keeping under wraps. The Air Force currently is deciding between two proposals from the usual suspects, Northrop Grumman, and a Boeing Lockheed team are competing for that contract. Lieutenant General Arnie Bunch, the Air Force's Deputy Assistant Secretary for Acquisition, says some more news about the program is coming in the next few months. The contract was expected to be awarded earlier this summer, but was rescheduled for early fall and then mid-October of 2015. And as a result of that delay, lawmakers have cut $460 million from the program for fiscal year 2016. 
DOD plans to acquire 80 to 100 long-range strike bombers to replace the current Air Force fleet of B-1 and B-52 bombers. The Department of the Treasury will be soliciting public input as it prepares to upgrade the function and design of its USAspending.gov website. One planned improvement will be the ability to view specific contracts and their value rather than just overall program spending. The updated version is due for launch in May 2017. GSA has released a draft RFP for its Veterans Technology Services II government-wide acquisition contract for IT services. Primes on the contract are restricted to qualified, service-disabled, veteran-owned small businesses. Vets, too, will have a $5 billion ceiling and five-year period of performance and will offer services in seven functional areas. Responses are due by October 28th. NASA has a new CIO. The agency has tapped Renee Wynn to succeed Larry Sweet, who's retiring from the agency later this fall. Before joining NASA in July as deputy CIO, Wynn served as acting assistant administrator in the Environmental Protection Agency's Office of Environmental Information. GEO has found the Department of Defense has improved its controls over contract services spending, obligating $54.6 billion to contract services in fiscal 2014, which is $280 million less than the statutory limit set by the National Defense Authorization Act. DOD has also sought the service's input when setting spending targets and instituted a waiver process to allow components and the comptroller to make adjustments among different buckets when one service alerts the comptroller to a potential spending overage. The Air Force met its spending target, and although the Army and Navy did not, the services have identified additional steps they can take to better manage their spending limits in the future. And we had some new policy from the Department of Defense last week, arriving in the form of three memorandums from Defense Procurement and Acquisition Policy Director Claire Grady. On September 28th, Grady issued a new class deviation, raising the Earned Value Management System Compliance Review Threshold from $50 million to $100 million. Effective immediately, that threshold applies to cost or incentive contracts and subcontracts for which the contractor is required to have an EVM system that complies with industry standards. DPAP also has raised the dollar threshold for reporting awards not set aside for small business. In a September 25th memorandum, DPAP rescinded a 2012 policy that temporarily lowered the dollar threshold for reporting awards below the simplified acquisition threshold that are not set aside for small businesses. Under that policy, contracting officers were required to document their reasons for not setting aside procurements with a dollar value exceeding $3,000 but not exceeding the SAT, and to coordinate that documentation with the contracting activity small business specialist. This policy is now rescinded, and contracting officers are directed to follow guidance in the DFARS, which requires documentation of procurements with a dollar value over $10,000 that are not set aside for small firms, except those under the SAT that are totally set aside for small businesses. And finally, DPAP is still looking for volunteers to staff fiscal year 2015 procurement management reviews. DPAP's previous requests did not receive a sufficient response, so defense agencies are asked to identify interested parties and forward their resumes and security clearances by October 8th. And that's it for the headlines. Uh, with last week, uh, a lot of the news was focused on will we or won't we uh, mm. with the shutdown and the funding. So um, obviously we're all glad to be at work today. 
uh, <laughs> relatively, <laughs> relatively speaking. As, as much as anyone is. As much as anyone is, that's true. Uh, you know, December's not looking real good, but you never know. There could, saner heads could still prevail. It's Christmas. You know, <laughs> they'll be infused with this Christmas spirit. <laughs> Gosh, I know. I don't want to. I don't want to have to have that will we or won't we thing right before the holidays and stuff. That's just not good timing. Anyway, we'll keep our fingers crossed that things get sorted out between now and then. So, but yeah, there wasn't there wasn't anything hugely monumental really in the news aside from oh, thank goodness there's funding, yay! Right, yeah, nothing nothing real steamy in the in the news this week. I thought we might touch on a couple of quick hits. Uh, that were interesting to us. I know we were we were talking about this before. We both had some things that were like ah, uh, not not real trendy or hot topics, but just a couple things that caught our eye. Yeah, good. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I will start. And here here's a name our listeners may recognize: uh, U.S. Investigation Services. Uh, was in the news twice this week. Uh, listeners may remember USIS recently settled a False Claims Act lawsuit that alleged the company filed incomplete background investigations under a contract with the Office of Personnel Management. They were mm. dumping incomplete investigations and, saying, and billing for complete investigations, allegedly. Uh, USIS also was the subject of a serious data breach in 2014 that exposed information on more than 25,000 DHS employees. Um, so they came up again in the news. Uh, <laughs> like, I feel like we should have a sound for them. Like, wah, wah. Yeah, wah, wah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's like, who keeps giving them money? Stop I that. Oh, yes, golly. First, so first, the Social Security Administration Inspector General uh, issued a report reviewing uh, USIS work on some contracts awarded uh, by the agency and found that USIS, surprisingly, did not always comply with contract requirements. Um, in this case, it wasn't a, a fraudulent issue. It was uh, USIS did not always process the case files in a timely manner. USIS also was the center of a recent GAO protest decision that I thought was a very interesting case. Um, just kind of struck me as a way how, you know, waste and fraud and just poor contract performance mm -hmm. just keep rolling downhill, right? Mm -hmm. It happens once, it just keeps going, and yeah. it can often have unforeseen effects on a firm's ability to do its work and to conduct business with the government. Mm -hmm. Uh, in this case, it was a division of USIS, known as USIS Professional Services Division, and they won a contract for office support services, which was protested by a competitor, as they are one to do, um, who argued that the agency had not taken the fraud allegations that I mentioned against the USIS parent company into account when it made its responsibility determination. And GEO agreed with that and recommended that the agency review its responsibility determination, make a new one. And during this process, this division, USIS Professional Services Division, was sold to another company, and its name was changed to PAE Professional Services. So now this vendor has no affiliation with USIS, the, the parent company that was subject to the fraud allegations. At this point, the agency made an affirmative responsibility determination of the awardee, and its new parent company, but it did not reevaluate proposals or make a new award decision. So the protesters didn't like that either. So they filed another protest, saying the agency should have evaluated proposals and made a new award decision. Uh, the agency argued that the acquisition of the USIS division by the other firm had no impact on its technical proposal or on how it performed the contract, so they had no need to reevaluate proposals. 
In this case, GAO disagreed with the agency. Uh, first, they noted that an affirmative responsibility determination must be made prior to contract award and should be completed as close as possible to the time of contract award so the determination is based on the most accurate and recent information available. So once, it made, once the agency made a new responsibility determination, it was required to either reaffirm the prior award or make a new award. And second, um, which is a little more uh, pertinent to the conversation, GEO said the agency could not reasonably ignore how the purchase of USIS by its new parent company would affect contract performance. Uh, USIS's proposal relied heavily on its former parent company for management capability, corporate resources, experience, past performance references, financial resources, lots of stuff. And because its proposal clearly established, it would rely on its parent company for significant support. And because the sale eliminated that relationship, the agency couldn't simply proceed with an award based on its evaluation of a proposal that was now outdated. So GEO said it was unreasonable to assume that contract performance would not be altered and the agency should have reevaluated proposals. I, I, I just thought that was interesting because you had a, a case where what could have been a benefit getting sold off away from, away from the, fraud the company, company used a fraud yeah. now becomes a liability because they were relying on that parent company for all these other resources. And presumably you would hope that the new parent company also has resources, but obviously they don't have the same corporate experience. They don't have the same past performance references. So, you know, it was just very interesting to me that, you know, what, what should have been a benefit could possibly depend on the outcome of the reevaluation be, be not to their benefit. Right. I had a, I, I did a double take when I read that. And I really had to kind of um, go th slowly through their particulars because I thought, wait, what? <laughs> that does not make any sense to me. But, you know, as a former uh, proposal writer myself, if you have people on your org chart that are actually going to be, you know, contributing material resources of any kind, be it expertise, cashola, whatever, um, then yes, that definitely materially, you know, changes it because it just, at first blush, it just sounded like, um, you know, oh, responsibility determination, no more allegedly fraudulent people involved. All right, green light. For me, I just had a little tiny tidbit. I was interested to note that the Defense Acquisition Board had met and evaluated the Air Force's Joint Surveillance Target Attack Radar System, or JSTARS. Um, they have a recapitalization program underway, and they decided to not authorize their next milestone decision. It would be milestone A, and that is that the technology gets more mature and you know you do reduce risks and things. But they actually sent them back to the drawing board on this. And I thought, my gosh, I don't really remember having heard about them doing that before. And, you know, I know that this is going to throw budget and schedule. But, you know, my first thought was, well, you know, good for them for standing up and doing that. Now, there, there aren't any specifics about, you know, what was wrong. Um, they didn't, you know, say there were you know, material deficiencies of X, Y, or Z nature or anything like that. But they just weren't really comfortable making the green light decision on it. And I did think that was good because we see in a lot of our work when OIG or GAO, they have a look at these things and you see that theme recur a lot that, oh, well, testing got postponed and we decided to, you know, move development to rather than being successive, test part A, make sure it works, test part B, then make sure they work together. You end up doing things concurrently and hoping that at the end, as you're, you know, got all these irons in the fire that everything comes out okay at the end and very tricky with defense programs. Oops, you know, we 
just lost a billion dollars. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> yes. thing, right. I thought that was brave, honestly, a brave decision to kind of say, all right, eh, let's just go back to take a look at a few more things, work out the details a little bit more. Um, and so they're really comfortable about where they're going when they do proceed. And the program, it was uh, initially slated to be operational starting in fiscal 2022. Ooh, it's uh, in the future when we all have flying cars. And and they they did just, uh, based on the last budget proposal, actually already move that back a year. So some of those schedule and budget targets are in flux anyway. And of course, this decision will affect that, although we don't have any definites on how but anyway, so I don't know. I, mean, yeah. I thought that was kind of cool that they did that. So good to yeah. stand up yeah. for that. Yeah, no, it's good. It, it's you know we do we do see a lot of that where they just kind of damn the torpedoes and go ahead and things look pretty good and they think well we'll work it out. You know we'll work it out when we're testing doing the prototype. We'll work it out during test flights and, and obviously that's very expensive. Um, so they, yeah, like you said, the, the Air Force is pretty cagey about what was you know what what the issues were. They did they didn't come out and say what the uh, review board. Uh, had questions about or issues with, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think we're definitely seeing this in this age of tight budgets. Uh, I think that we're going to see more of that. Where you know these big milestone decisions, you're not going to be able to go ahead with a big program. And this is a big pro. This is a long, long gestating program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not going to see these moving forward unless there are many ducks and in the right row and in the right order, so. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's very easy to be like, oh, this is the schedule. You know, these are nice, definite lines in the sand, and, you know, this is the budget. And it, it's much more diffuse and nebulous to point to the fact, well, you know, we don't know how the system's integration is going to work yet. And so there, I think there is a lot of pressure to be like, stick to the numbers that we've identified, right? right. And um, well, we've seen that before. I think, I think it was, you know, now that you mentioned it, I think it might have been one of the vehicle programs. I don't know if it was a, a, a tank or one of the – Right, the ground the combat. The ground combat. Yes, yeah, so where they just said, you know, we set a schedule and they – full steam ahead. They were hitting the schedule, but they weren't they, – they, you know, they wasn't ready to go. Right. Know, Ultimately, what's important proceed. is have you delivered the requirements that you intended to? I mean, and obviously, yes, on the budget that you were <laughs> – of, you know, hoping right. to hit too, but Schedule's but you know, these, you still need the tool that you were aiming for in the first place, and it needs to work the way you wanted it to. And and we have seen some major programs discontinued after millions or even billions of dollars have been wasted because they just you ended up with a mess that you couldn't salvage at the end. So you right. definitely don't right. want to find yourself in that kind of soup. Absolutely. Yeah, so. so kudos, Dod. Yes, good job, you guys. So. <laughs> All right. Well, so much for our quick hits. I don't know how quick that was. Yeah. Bloviate a little. <laughs> this is a variety show. Anyway, so um, if you are a government agency subscriber to the Virtual Acquisition Office website, you can find links to all the headlines we recapped for further reading on VAO. They'll be on the same page where you downloaded this podcast. Also on that same page, you can comment about the podcast. There's a comment box under each and every record on the VAO. And we would love to have your feedback on the format or content, special coverage requests, or anything else you'd like to tell us. And our next monthly webinar is coming up next week. We'd like to invite you to join us on Thursday, October 8th, when the VAO team will be recapping all of the key acquisition developments that occurred throughout the month of September. Join us for that live event during lunchtime or review the recording afterward and earn one CLP. And tune in again next Friday, October 9th, for another weekly news recap. Thanks for joining us.